Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe concludes his two-part message from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4. I know when I played football in school or when I was on track, I had to go to practice. I could just show up at the game. <laughs> I think sometimes that's what we do in our spiritual walk. We just show up for the game. Here I am. But no, no, it's an exercise. We, it's a practice. It's, it's something we were to do every single day. Not just on Sunday, not just on Tuesday night. And just, we sit here and say, okay, but this is part of our exercise. This is part of the, you know, working at it and working out to, to be godly. And if we would do that for a sport, if we would do that for a school, or we do that for, you know, the team, how much more should we do that for eternity and for the Lord? And sometimes it is a work. Sometimes I'm sure we're, we're so tired. You know, there's times, usually for some reason, the Thursday nights are one of my worst. I mean, sometimes I get so tired on Thursday nights before the prayer meeting. And it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, I, I get this, this thought, well, maybe I should just go home. I'm so wiped out. But then I realized, you know what? The Lord wants me here. And every single time, especially, the, you know, especially when I'm very tired and very wiped out, I get in there, I get so energized, and then most of the time, Thursday nights, I have a hard time falling asleep because, of the, because the Lord just ministers to me. But it's an exercise towards godliness. Again, like the football team, I had to run through the practice, I had to run through the, you know, the drills and have to, the plays and have to learn them, and it, you know, it was agonizing. The coach didn't help any either because he was crazy, he was terrible. <laughs> And I look back at that, and I look at all the energy I put towards that, and I'm like, but what about with godliness? It, Paul's telling Timothy, you exercise yourself towards godliness. Spend that time necessary that, that you need. Take that time. And I, I want to commend you guys for even being here tonight, just taking that time for godliness, to be in the Word. I'm sure, you know, there's a handful here that probably had a long day. And all these heads are going, yeah, <laughs> This is an exercise. How do we exercise? There, you know, there's different things we can do to, to exercise our faith and exercise towards godliness, you know, in our daily lives, our prayer time. You know, do we have a daily life of prayer? I, I pray everyone does. It's basic, but we should. Our devotional time with the Lord, another way to exercise yourself to godliness. Having that daily time, just, just talking to your God, just spending that time, just, just intimate time, you and him. If there's one person here that's not doing that, I want to encourage you. Exercise yourself towards godliness. Have a devotional time with Jesus Christ, with, with the living God each and every day. Spend that time. And the word, obviously, daily time reading the word of God. Denying yourself. Submitting to the people that the Lord's put in your path. has put over you. Sharing your faith. There's another exercise. That could be an exercise, huh? 
It's like you, you share with somebody and it's like, you know, that's like, this could be a terrible spiritual battle, especially family members. I remember when I was living back in Michigan, man, some of the fiercest times I've shared my faith was with family. You know, just yelling and screaming. Like, what do you, you know, don't tell me, don't be, don't judge me. And I'm like, wow. I think I've shared, I know I've shared this before, but I, one time my dad kicked me out of the house. He says, get out of here. Your God's not my God. And he, I think he even said something like, your God will never be my God. Well, he got that one wrong because he, <laughs> he prayed to receive Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Just before he died. He's in heaven. But it ruffled his feathers at times, you know, just sharing. It was an exercise. Another exercise, a great exercise, is denying our fleshly desires. Denying our fleshly desires. Denying our fleshly desires, those, those desires that we have that are not of God, those desires that God would not have us to go towards, to deny those things day by day. That's an exercise towards godliness. For not practicing these things, I, I'll tell you what, we can become complacent, we can become lazy. If you put the word aside one day and say, well, you know, I just don't have time for this today. Guess what? The next day you might say, I don't have time for this the next day. And then the next day's coming, you're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll read a chapter or so. Maybe, you know, read a verse. And if we're not exercising, we're, we can become complacent, we can become lazy. And Paul's saying, no, no, exercise yourself, young Timothy. Exercise yourself towards godliness. And I see is, you know, Paul the Apostle, an older, mature man, and just writing to this young man and exhorting him, please just keep on exercising yourself towards godliness. Stay on that path. Verse 8, for, I love this verse, don't you? For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. There's some powerful, these are some powerful verses here. Amazing. Bodily exercise profits a little. My friend Dominic and I, we used to be in the gym. We were like seven days a week. You know, we were just, you know, we worked out constantly. We'd leave from work. We'd go to the gym. Then we'd go to the bar. <laughs> Get up the next morning, go to work, go to the gym, and then we'd go to the bar. And we thought, you know, if we go work out, you know, we can look better in the bar when we're walking around. You know? <laughs> so the first time I read this as a, you know, a new baby believer, I looked at this and it's like, you know, profits a little, but godliness is profitable. And I almost looked at it as like, you know, exercise doesn't profit anything, you know, but only godliness is going to profit. But, but I, you know, over the years, as I've looked at this scripture, it's like, it does profit a little. You know, I don't want to leave that out because I really, I went to the other extremes like profits a little. I don't want anything to do with something that profits a little. I want something that's going to profit all the time and for eternity. And I just, you know, full force in that direction. And to tell you the truth, I need to have a little exercise. <laughs> and we all need a little exercise and it's good. It'll profit a little. This is not coming against those that exercise and spend time. You know, we, we need to, you know, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit where we should stay in good shape. We should spend that time, but don't let it consume you. I was consumed by it. It was one of my gods that I served very diligently, believe it or not. But that's, that's, that was, <laughs> I have pictures. I can improve it. 
But notice again, godliness is, is a, a great investment. It, it profits not only in this life, but did you see that? And also for all eternity. When we exercise ourselves towards godliness, when we, we seek to do things God's way, and we're spending time with him and, and, and taking that time, we have profit here on this earth. It's gonna profit us. We have to know that by faith. But guess what? It's gonna last for all eternity. And some Christians, you know, they take sin very lightly and they'll say, well, you know, I, you know, God will forgive me. You know, if I mess up, God will forgive me. And that, you know, that's true. You know, God, will, yeah, he'll forgive you. But it's so much better to take a look at life and say, no, I want to live godly. I, I want to live day by day in a godly way. And when we do that, it, it's going to profit us for all eternity. You're going to, you know, you're going to make a great investment that'll last forever and ever and ever and ever. And I will also. And as we look at this, you know, it just gives us that exhortation to deny ourselves and, and you know, push away compromise and, and push away those things that would try to take that godliness away from us. And we have to fight that good fight of faith and we have to push forward in those, those things that God would have us to do. Because if you choose to compromise, guess what? It will, eternity, you're going to pay for it. And I'll tell you, as I was reading this, I was just like, I was just you know, thinking of this verse throughout this day, and it's like, godliness, it's just profitable. And it's like, you know, my heart is, is God, I want it to be profitable for all eternity. I want you to show me, Lord, more and more how I, I can invest in eternity. Because this life is so short, this life is a vapor, it's gonna be done away like that. What are we investing in? And hopefully we are. And again, tonight, this is an investment. So again, for bodily exercise, profits a little. It does profit. But godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Amen. Verse 10. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. <clears throat> I believe Paul's saying here, because we choose to live godly because we trust the Lord. You know, we're suffering reproach. We're, we labor. It's not an easy thing. And know that. I mean, it's, it's healthy to know that when we choose to live godly, there's going to be a battle. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get hit. You're going to get... But it's so much better than falling into sin. But, you know, when you get the enemy comes against you, family members come against you, others, work, coworkers come against you and all that, that's going to happen. We should expect that. When we live godly. If you don't have that opposition. I fear for you. If you're not having opposition. That means you're not being effective. We should expect that. And Paul, that's what Paul's saying. For to this end. We both labor and suffer reproach. Reproach meaning uh, struggles, difficulties, dangers, contention. So Paul's just reminding him. Don't you know, live godly. Exercise yourself towards godliness. But we are going to suffer problems. We're going to suffer reproach. Verse 11. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Timothy was most likely, you know, from what I can tell, we're, we're not sure exactly how old he was. Uh, 
it appears he was probably in his either late teens or early 20s at this time. A youth can be up to 40 years old, uh, so he could have been up to 40 years old, but most likely he wasn't. He's probably in his early 20s. But he tells them, don't let anyone despise your youth because you're young. Don't, don't, anyone, don't allow people to think you know, little of you or look down on you because you're young. Being young, I'm sure, you know, the, the older men or, you know, as he was taught, as he was teaching the word, as he was uh, to pastor and all, it, you, there's sometimes, you know, older men will, will look at you like, you know, you're just a kid. What, I can't learn anything from you. But that's not true because it's God's word <laughs> and it's godliness. And God's word his word speaks, and it doesn't matter the age of the individual. So he says, don't let them despise your youth. I remember many years ago when I was counseling, I had a counseling appointment, and an elderly gentleman you know, came for counseling, and right off the bat, he looked at me, and he says, he says you know, Pastor so-and-so uh, used to counsel me, and, you know, and Pastor so-and-so you know, went on to be with the Lord and all, and he says, so he's not here. And, and uh, he says, you know, I was very reluctant to come see you and, uh, because of your age and all. And it's, you know, he's older. And he's, and the Lord just gave me such wisdom. And, and, you know, I just looked at him. I said, sir, I said, if you're here to get, you know, if you're here to get counsel from man and you're here to, to hear from, you know, man's opinions, you've come to the wrong place. But if you're here to have biblical counseling and you're here to hear from the word of God, you know, I'll, I'll do my best to, you know, to pray and, and seek the Lord for biblical counseling because, you know, hopefully that's what you're here for. He goes, yes, yes, son. Yeah, I'm sir. Uh, no. <laughs> It was awesome. You know, the Lord just spoke to him through the word of God. And that's what Paul's saying here. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Don't let them look down on you because of your age. And it's a good exhortation for those that are young, you know, to don't let anyone despise your youth. If you're called uh, in ministry, you know, be used by the Lord. Don't worry about your age. But the biggest thing is to be an example. To be an example, he tells him. He's exhorting him. Notice in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. This means in his speech, more than, you know, in the word of God. Of course, he's supposed to teach the word. But he means in, in the things that you say, you know, speak truthfully, speak honestly. And that's a good exhortation to, for us. We're to be an example of the, in the world, in word. Those things that we say, we're to be men and women of our word, in conduct, our walk. You know, we're, we're not to walk in a hypocritical manner where people are looking at us, they, uh, and... That's Mr. Christian over there? That's Mrs. Christian over there? Think of Abraham. Remember when he blew it and he lied about his wife, you know, and, and he was rebuked from Abimelech. You know, he, the, he, he rebuked him. And I mean, how embarrassing. You're, you're supposed to be the spiritual one and you're getting rebuked by someone in the world. And that's, that's terrible when the world is rebuking us. I remember one time my friend Billy Cavoli, he, he used to work for me years ago. And I remember he misunderstood something I said. I don't even remember what it was, but I said something and, 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 you know, and he looked at me and he says, oh, and he goes, and I thought you were a Christian. And I go, what are you talking about? And I, I, I confronted him with that. I says, what are you talking about? And he says, what you just said. He goes, I thought you were a Christian. I said, well, I am a Christian, but what did I just say? And he says, well, you just said this and that. And I says, no, no, I said this and that. He goes, oh, oh, I thought you said this. And I said, no, I said, I'd never say that. I don't mean that. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> But boy, he was quick, just like that, to say, 
when you call yourself a Christian. They, they, they know that our walk should be different. We should be different, and, and it should be noticeable. Again, I used to, back in those days, I remember walking in a room at the company I used to work for, and I'd walk in a room. The guys would all be at the tables, and they'd be spread out, you know, laughing and talking about, you know, their weekend and what they did and all this stuff. And I'd walk in the room. Everybody was like a silent room. It was, it was loud. I mean, I'd, I'd, no kidding. I'd walk in the room. It's all loud, screaming, yelling, being high fives. And, and I'd walk in the room. They go, shh, shh, chill, chill, chill. I go, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> and the only reason they did that is because I was their boss. They, you know, so they had to be quiet. If I wasn't the boss, they wouldn't be doing that to me. But out of respect, they just, shh, shh, quiet, quiet. Don't say that. Oh, man, don't say that. But I look back and I go, I thank God because, you know, hopefully, you know, they, they saw something different. And they called me out on the carpet when they thought I was doing something different, when I wasn't being godly. So in conduct, in, in love, we, we should be an example of the love of the Lord, God's love. It's so easy to act like the world and respond like everybody else. But it's so powerful. And let me just remind you, it is so powerful when we can respond in love. It is a powerful thing because this world does not know true love. They know a fake love. God is love. God is love. And God lives in us. And when we respond in love, it is such a powerful thing. When we're able to respond in his love and we're to be an example of that, Lord, help us. In spirit, actually in, in many manuscripts, just a side note, this, this word, you know, in spirit's not there, but it's in here. So um, it speaks of an inner uh, excitement, I believe. In spirit, inner, there, we have that passion and that excitement as a child of God. I think, you know, it speaks of, you know, we're not just, yeah, you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, it's a Christian, Christian, yeah. Well, Mr. Christian, you know, what's going on? Nothing, nothing, really, nothing. Go to church? Yes, yeah, I go to church. Church. But that, that lack of passion and spirit, you know, that, that lack of it. And if you have that lack of passion, and we can all have that. Just ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be an example in passion and spirit. That, that people know that there's something different inside of me. I've got the living God inside of me. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us. How can we not be passionate? I don't understand. And I know sometimes we can get the oppression of, have the oppression of the enemy and get beat up and all that. I understand that. But when we get in the spirit, when we get in the presence of the Lord, there's such power and there's such excitement and there's such passion that God gives us and the world should see that. And it should be an example of him. In faith, we should be ones that trust the Lord. And I know sometimes, you know, our faith can be the enemy is ruthless and he comes after our faith and, and our trust in the Lord and he tries his best to, to take us down. And sometimes even the people in the world, they, they have more faith. And, and, and no, meaning, you know, we can be like, well, I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know. No, we, we pray about it. We seek the Lord. We get confirmation and we should trust our Lord, especially if it's in the word of God. We can trust what his word says and we can stand on it. So we should be an example in faith. And the last one, he tells them impurity, impurity. This is speaking of sexual purity. The world should see a difference in us in sexual purity. We should not be like the rest of the world in that way, especially young Timothy as he's a young man to you know, remind him, stay pure, stay in that place, stay in that place of purity. So an example, he says, in these things. 
And then Paul says, verse 13, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I love these verses. Man. I, the reason why I love this verse, I just, I try to picture it as, you know, obviously this is a letter to us. And I picture myself as a, a young pastor and in receiving a letter from, you know, someone like Paul and walking with the Lord all those years and all. And, and then as I look at this is, you know, he's saying, you know what, I'm going to come, I'm going to be there. I'm going to, you know, help you out. But until then, this is so important. You just read the word of God to them. You exhort them in the word and you, you just teach. And it's obviously because that's what we do here is we read the word. We, we exhort that, that word exhortation means to admonish and encourage. And, and that's the best thing to do. The, the word of God is so powerful. And as we just read it and read it and do our best to exhort in it and encourage each other in the word, and then also try our best just to teach, okay, well, this is what, what it says. And, and that's so important. And that's what Paul is instructing this young man to do. He says, till I get there, you just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. Don't stop doing that. And I love it because that's what, again, that's what we do here in this place. Verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by, the, by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So evidently, they laid hands on Timothy. There was a prophecy, you know, that probably he'd be used in this way, that he'd have gifts and all, and he would be a pastor. But he says, don't neglect the gift. In other words, you keep using those gifts. And obviously, the gift of teaching, as it goes over and over through this chapter, saying, you know, pay attention to doctrine and teaching. Verse 15, meditate on these things. You notice this? Look at this. Give yourself entirely to them. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit, His giftings, that your progress may be evident to all. Paul's saying, obviously, you have gifts, continue to use them, be encouraged, give yourself over to them. Don't give yourself over to these other things, don't fall for the false prophets. But again, notice that your progress is evident to all. That others would notice that you're progressing, you're advancing. People should notice that in us, that we're advancing, that we're, we're, there's progression. I love watching that, especially the, the, the new Christians in this church. And isn't it fun to watch them grow, you guys, when we're watching them? It's like just before our eyes. It's almost like watching when you have a baby and you see the you know, baby is just a little infant and then the, you see the child, you know, this, finally you put the child on the ground and it's crawling and then finally you see the baby just walking and falling and walking and falling and then you see the, the little baby just making the steps all by themselves and, and it's just so exciting. And that's what we've been doing here in this church is we're watching these, these young ones. And then, you know, we, we saw them the first time stand up and give their life to the Lord or raise their hand and give their life to the Lord. And now, like a year later for some of them, and you're, you're watching that progression. You're watching them just grow. And then you're just like, oh, this is exciting. You just, you just want to grab their cheeks and pinch them, you know, just so. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's not much more that excites me than that as a pastor watching that. But Paul the Apostle is not writing this to a young baby Christian. He's writing this to a pastor. In other words, he's writing this to someone that's been walking with the Lord. And he says, I want your progress to be evident to everybody. 
I don't want it to just, you know, you've grown so much and now you've, you've attained it. There's no, there's no room for any of us to say, well, okay, I attained it. You know, or we, we sit here and we read the words like, oh, I've read this 1,000 times, 10, times before. And it's, there's no room for that. We're, we're to grow, we're to mature. There, the progress in, in our walk and the spiritual gifts that we use, it's, it's, it should be evident to everybody. Lord, help us. Last verse, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Take heed, hold on to, keep on track to yourself. In other words, the way you live, your teaching, your doctrine, stay on track. It's an encouragement for all of us right here tonight. Keep on track. Keep doing what you're doing if you're living a godly life. (laughs) Keep learning the word of teaching the word. Become the throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. It's become the throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our